In the holy name of Jesus, amen. amen. Could you imagine 10 to 20 years ago communicating without email or text messages? Oh, the shock and the horror. But just like walking up uh, two miles worth of snow backwards and forwards to school, that's how we used to do it in the good old days. If it's given to us today to communicate, we have become very lazy about it all. We literally have gone from speaking to each other, looking at each other in the eyes, to using a little electronic gadgets and everything else to communicate with each other. Could you imagine sitting at a table 10 to 20 years ago from somebody, or maybe somebody in the office right next to you, could you imagine sitting there and communicating to them by writing them a letter? I mean, we used to do that in school, passing notes because it was against the holy law of speaking in the middle of class. But seriously, what if somebody sat across your dinner, dinner table or across from you at the restaurant, not saying a word, and they just simply communicated with a letter? I mean, usually letters are sent in the mail. Do you remember the Postal Service? Yeah, I do too. How, how far has that gone as well? It doesn't make sense with what I'm talking about today. But admittedly, even I will admit to my laziness. I will text my family members when I'm upstairs to tell them to let the dog out downstairs. You all have done this as well. Today is the baptism of Jesus. Happy Epiphany. If Christmas was all about Jesus becoming human flesh and blood for us, Epiphany is all about Jesus revealing that he is God. It's sort of like the magician pulling the rabbit out of the hat, saying he's there all along. Jesus opens up our eyes, the epiphanies to us, that he is truly not only human, but he is also God. And today, Jesus is baptized. It's a topic that often makes us wonder why. Why is Jesus baptized? Shouldn't it be the other way around? Shouldn't Jesus be the one baptizing? And yet you'll find in the Bible, Jesus never baptizes anybody. He doesn't need to baptize anybody because if you have Jesus sitting right there with you in the flesh, you don't need the baptism. Instead of Jesus sending his word on the John the Baptist and the disciples through the scriptures, they get to sit down at a table with him and speak face to face. They get to see him right there. John the Baptist and the disciples looking on Jesus is all that they need. Sort of like sitting at a table in the good old days, looking at each other and speaking with each other face to face versus texting. Jesus is baptized. Jesus accepts the washing given to sinners even though he has no sin. He goes down into the water that is meant for sinners in order to become sin himself. That's why John says of Jesus, Behold the Lamb of God that takes away the sin of the world. His baptism is not something that you are somehow supposed to simply follow, like it's some goody-two-shoe hoop you have to jump through. His baptism is the opposite of your baptism. You and I are baptized to wash away sins. Jesus is baptized to take on our sin. You and I take a bath with fresh, clean water. Jesus takes a bath with our dirty water that is left over. How's that for an image in your mind? 
God comes down to us, not as something else, but as one of you, to eyes, to no a nose, to ears, a mouth, flesh and blood that needs to be clean, just like you and I, but he is the one who has come to redeem us in body and soul, flesh and spirit. And since we can't sit at a table with Jesus today and ask him all of our questions and our deep, deep thoughts, he comes to you in different ways. First off, he writes a letter to you called the Holy Bible, the scriptures. He sends out that word connected to water in baptism. He sends out that word connected to bread and wine so that you may feast upon him with his flesh and blood. That's why we are Lutherans, right? Yes, absolutely. People outside of the Lutheran faith talk of having Jesus in their hearts, but I've always wondered, how did he get in there in the first place? Was it magic? Was it just your pondering or thinking? Many will tell you that you need to search your heart to find Christ. But if I look deeply into my own heart, it's very evil. It's very stony. It's very dark. And Jesus reminds us, from out of the heart come evil thoughts, murder, adultery, sexual immorality, theft, false witness, and slander. Here you go, Jesus. Here's my heart. And you kind of look at him and maybe say, uh, okay, thanks. Why do we talk about Jesus in our hearts, especially even with our children in our day-to-day -day life? Kids think literally that we are simply talking about Jesus living in our hearts. But the Bible does mention that in a fact, but it mentions all of that in the context of faith. Jesus does reside in our hearts. Paul prayed that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, but Paul is writing to people who are already in the church, who've already received Christ through word and sacrament. He goes on to say in chapter 3, verse 16, that God may strengthen you with the power through his spirit in your inner being. This is no appeal to sit there and say, give your heart to Christ. It is Paul simply saying to us that by the word and by baptism, he is there. Jesus is baptized. So we might ask today, where in the world is Jesus? Go back to the letter he wrote to you in the Bible, the word of God. Go to the font, go to this altar. He is here for you. Today is about the fact that you are down in the Jordan with Jesus and the Holy Spirit descended upon him and you in your baptism. Not only did God the Father look at Jesus and say, this is my beloved son, with whom I am well pleased, he says in your baptism, this is my beloved son, this is my beloved daughter, with whom I am well pleased. You'll notice as you walk out of here today, as you probably have over a while, that we have water in the baptismal font. Now to be sure, we don't do holy water in this church. Everyone likes to talk about the baptismal font being filled with holy water, and maybe it does come from a very special place, the Little Rock water supply. It's the same water you drink, the same water you do your laundry with, and even wash your dog with. It's the same water you'll find anywhere else. But it's not that holy water doesn't exist. 
Luther says in his baptismal prayer that when God is baptized and when we receive baptized, baptism, he sets apart and sanctifies all waters to be a holy and lavish washing away of sin. By Jesus' baptism in the Jordan, he has made all waters holy. The Father speaks from heaven and he is pleased. The cursed earth is redeemed. The water is redeemed. Everything in creation that has been decaying begins to live again. Sinful, dark, fallen humanity and sins, even turning ourselves against ourselves and God, is all redeemed. The Holy Spirit has been poured out to you freely today. That's why we have the water there. Maybe you'll make the sign of the cross there. Maybe you won't. Some might say, well, that's what other churches seem to do. And Luther did advocate it himself. But if you don't do it, we're not going to look at you and say, oh, you're a less of a Christian. But if you do do it, don't do it to show off to everybody else either. Remember your baptism. There is never a law with such a thing. But back to the point. Jesus is baptized. He's baptized to unite himself to you. And in baptism, you are united with him. All of us who have been baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death, and we have been united with him in his death and also his resurrection. We had a funeral this past Thursday, and that is how we began the funeral service, by quoting Romans 6. The person lying in the casket has been baptized. They are still baptized into Christ's death and resurrection. They have been given this promise to go out through life and even through death, and nothing can take that away from them or you. Get this. Through water and word, you are given eternal life. You are united with Christ through all things. And we might look at this and say, it's just a little bit of water, a little bit of sprinkling. How can this be? I say it myself. And that's where we need to simply leave it up to Jesus. It's his command and not ours. Now to be sure, throughout the history of the church, this has been a scandal. How could it be that a man or a woman, a vile, evil sinner, or heaven even forbid, a baby or a small child, being sprinkled with water would give the forgiveness of sins and give eternal life in Christ? But think about that. If this isn't true... If this isn't a fact, then where does that leave our little ones? I asked the little one back there to cry on that point. <laughs> but seriously, when I was in Charlotte, some of my parishioners had their very first child, and this child was born premature. The parents called me. They were extremely nervous that they were worried if the child would survive. They called me right away. I ran up to the NICU and there in that NICU, if you've never been into one of them, you saw all sorts of babies, tiny little babies, grappling to survive. Some were so small that you could take your wedding ring and fit it around their arm. So there I was with, the, uh, with this family as their pastor, and they asked me to baptize this tiny little human being with a tiny amount of water. But there is that baby in this clear plastic box, completely separated from everybody else, 
in this sterile environment. I had to use highly sterilized water that was sealed in a glass bottle. I had to use a highly sterilized water drop dropper and I had to use the gloves on the side of the box to baptize this child in the incubator. One, two, three. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Everybody else in the world looks at this and says, how can this be, how can this work? The child is fine today, by the way, but if he hadn't made it, would there be comfort for that family? When we focus on baptism for all ages and all nations, yes, even in the midst of tragedy like that, there is comfort. And you might wonder, why am I so animated? It's because I've had some time off, but also why do you tend to talk so much about baptism? It's because most of Christianity today tells us that baptism is simply something that you decide and need to comprehend, but that is not a very old teaching. In fact, it's about 200 years old, and it all comes from American Christianity. Jesus is baptized. To sit there and say that this is something you have to decide, you have to do, is to take the focus, on what, take the focus away on what Jesus has come to do for us. I think we surround baptism with so much other stuff because it doesn't seem that important. It seems so small. But this is how he works. Go back to what Paul said today. God chose what is foolish in the world to shame the wise. God chose what is weak in the world to shame the strong. God chose what is low and despised in the world, even the things that are not, to bring to nothing things that are. Even as God is doing this and extending his kingdom, people pick apart baptism and even ridicule it. Smart people hate it. But for even us, the faithful, that is the source of your life. I was baptized on May 22nd, 1976 by a pastor with long sideburns in Lafayette, Indiana. But I was also baptized at that baptismal font. Because we believe in one Lord, one faith, one baptism for the remission of sins. Whether it was done here at Grace or some other church in Nevada or California or wherever else, that is the font by which you were baptized in because we all share the same family name and the same washing away of sins. Jesus is baptized. That means that I am baptized in the Christ and he is baptized into me. Now it's your turn to say that. Repeat after me. I am baptized in the Christ. I am baptized in Christ. Christ is baptized into me. Christ is baptized into me. One more time. I am baptized in the Christ. I am baptized into Christ. Christ is baptized into me. Christ is baptized into me. Love it. Awesome. It's not really whether or not you meant it when you think about it. Is he pleased with you? Eh, the law tells us no. We continue to be poor and miserable sinners. But nonetheless, even though our thoughts, our words, and deeds have been committed with sin in this past week, even though when I look at the mirror I still see that I'm a dark-hearted, wretched sinner, even more than all of that, in spite of it, I am baptized, and so are you. Jesus is baptized. God has not taken his promises 
from you. He is pleased with you because you have been connected to his son. The spirit has been now given to you and you live in the fullness and wholeness of everlasting life. Jesus came from Galilee to the Jordan to be baptized by John, just as he comes today to baptize you and remind you, repeat after me, I am baptized in the Christ. I am baptized in Christ. Christ is baptized into me. Thanks for making my job easier. To Christ alone be the glory forever and ever. Amen.